Welcome to the Lovability Podcast. My name is Jennifer Stiers, and I'm here to talk love, relationships, sex, marriage, and everything in between. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Levability Show. Uh, I'm Jennifer Styers, your host, and I am joined today uh, for the second show of 2022 uh, with one of my favorite people, Laura Taranza. Uh, you all remember her. She's been on the show before. Uh, and uh, Laura, Laura had a podcast on narcissism, and so she's come on to talk about narcissism before. And now she's kind of switched her platform a little bit, which I'm really excited about because it kind of goes with today's theme as well. Uh, and that is, uh, she's got a new podcast called Out of the Dark. Uh, so interestingly enough, you know, as we're talking about change and letting go of the old and uh, grasping onto the new and opening ourselves up to new things, which is hard for people. Uh, you know, that was one thing with the narcissist story mm -hmm. uh, that you were with for so long because you lived it, Laura. And uh, Laura lived the, with a narcissist and she's lived with, well, she grew up with a narcissist with her mother. And then she, uh, is that okay to say? Yeah, that's your mom okay. Watch. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, <laughs> so your mom doesn't watch. And then, uh, and then she married one. Uh, so, uh, which is normally how it goes. And, uh, so she's reliving that story and that's what we all tend to do if we don't break the patterns, which again is what we're going to be talking about. But with her new podcast out of the dark, uh, I am very happy to, to say that she's going to be talking about more of the healing end of it, uh, versus staying stuck in the story of narcissistic abuse. Exactly. We can, we can sink or we can survive or we can thrive. Yeah. So it's time just to live your best life. Right. Yeah. Right. I know uh, we were, hey, Greg, good to see you. Uh, Ami, good to see you. Uh, Greg is uh, Greg is a friend of mine. He is a, uh, he is a therapist as well. Hey, Ron. And uh, Greg and I chat sometimes after my show. Uh, he likes to likes to tell me his opinion on everything as well. <laughs> um, you know, I, um, I know so many of my friends too that have struggled uh addiction has addiction have addiction in their family and uh that's another you know that's another thing too is we were just talking about yes. that before the show when we were talking about uh different types of addictions and what our what people's story are 
and uh, or is in regards to it is are they recovered or are they in recovery? And I know there's two different perspectives on that, but um, we're going to talk about the uh, recovered <laughs> today. Yes. Yeah, that kind of aspect to it. Uh, so anyway, so you can't move on in your life until you, you can't move on until you have a new place to go, until you have an open space to move into. And a lot of times people are carrying their baggage around with them, Laura. Yes. You know, you know this, they're carrying their baggage for a long time. And pe certain people can be attached to the story for different reasons. I mean, sometimes the story, their story is is kind of their their backup plan, their fallback place in a sense of they were physically abused, they were emotionally abused, they were a victim of narcissistic abuse, they right. were a victim of sexual abuse. Uh, I know I've been counseling for 25 years at least, <laughs> not to age myself, but um but I it's a it is amazing it is amazing how long people hang on to those stories, hang on to the pain. I mean, obviously, repression has a portion in all of this. Mm -hmm. uh, so people do repress things and uh, because they don't want to deal with them. Uh, but they show up. They well, it becomes part of your identity. It does. And I'm speaking from experience. It becomes part of your identity. And especially if you're codependent, which everybody... It's not, you're not just codependent when it comes to alcohol. If you right. have an alcoholic in your family, you can be codependent if you've been with a narcissist. Right. Even for a short time. Right. So, um, and that becomes part of your identity and you become codependent with everything in your life. Right. And so all of a sudden, if that narcissist is gone, the booze is gone, the pills are gone, what's ever gone, you have this blank spot you've got to fill. And that's where I think we sometimes hang on to that identity from years ago. I don't know what you think, Jen, but. Uh, I think you're correct. Uh, I was just, um, I was just letting people know we're on. on? Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause we were skipping, we skipped weeks this right. week. So we're every other week. And I'm not used to the time, your time change yet either. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I like the three o'clock though. This is uh, good. Yeah, no, I like three o'clock too. My brain's actually um, moving and awake and, and, yes. and going, and that's super important for everybody. <laughs> Trust me. It's really important for everybody. Uh, so, uh, so, so ask me that last question again. So when the pills are gone, the booze are gone, yeah. the narcissist is gone, whatever yeah. it is that your life has revolved around, that is out of your life. If you don't have something to fill that, I think that's where we get attached to that recovery story. Right. We get attached to maybe we're like extremely gung-ho to help others instead of saying, well, what can I do to thrive? What can I do to live my best life ever? Well, and you know, that's such a great point because I think it's, um, it's, all about where we're putting our energy. Yes. And, you know, what is it productive or is it non-productive? Mm -hmm. And staying in the story is non-productive. And but, you know, I, take for example, I mean this is this is a really good example from a therapeutic sta standpoint as a counselor, as a therapist, you uh we tend to be fixers, you know, and, and it was a pattern that I had found over the years, many years ago, I realized it, thank God it was many years ago, but I was a fixer. And so what, of course, do I do? I find fixer uppers. I find men, I was finding men when I was younger that needed to be fixed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and because that was my personality, that's what I did for a living and everything was a project for me. Right. And so at a certain point I had to say, 
no more projects. People can fix themselves. And I have a really strong, uh, very strong belief about people don't come to me. I'm not going to fix you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to give you tools so you can fix yourself, mm -hmm. you know, so you can heal yourself. And that's what I do. So what did I do? I put, I, cause I still had that energy, that nurturing, loving energy that I wanted to put into helping because it's, who I am, mm -hmm. um, I did. I started an animal rescue. I shouldn't say that. I've been an animal rescue my whole life, but I put my energy into animals versus people mm -hmm. because animals actually need the help where people can, with the right tools, help themselves. And it doesn't matter at what degree you're at, whether it's a you know a painful breakup or whether you're dealing with addiction, mm -hmm. you know, or any other type of abuse. We do. There are tools out there for everyone mm -hmm. to use and utilize um, and understand to help get you through, which is some of the stuff we're going to be talking about today. Right. Uh, and for those that have been with narcissists, I am not discounting what you've been through. Trust me, decades here. So know that my heart is still with you. I am just hoping to help people move forward more quickly. Just, I want you guys to thrive. Right. Right. To live, you, you can live your best life. You really can. You know, Laura and I last week were, uh, were having a chat, which made me really want to talk about this more. Mm -hmm. While your cat jumped on the table. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> on the kitchen table. Um, so, uh, but we were having a chat about this and talking about her mm -hmm. story um, of the narcissistic, you know, because this is... She's been whirling around in it for a while, um, as we all do. When you, if you're going to therapy, sometimes therapy isn't therapeutic anymore. If it's not letting you, if you're having to revisit the story and revisit the story and revisit the story and revisit the pain and feel it again, and you know, it, it's not helping. It's not helping, and a, and there's not enough therapists, in my opinion, functional ones, because I've been doing it for a long time from a cognitive therapy standpoint. Right. They're actually helping people, giving them tools to get past things. Right. And that's what you need, we need, we all need, because staying in our place and complaining, and not, not that you were, I'm just saying, but if you're I used swimming, to, Jen. I used to. Yeah. Yeah. If you're swimming in you're dysfunction all the time. Mm -hmm. If you're swimming in your problem, if you're swimming in your pain, that's all that you're going to see. You're not going to be able to get out of it. Right. You know? And so you've got to visit the story long enough, visit the pain long enough, visit whatever it, it has brought you, mm -hmm. and then be able to acknowledge what it is, decide how, and I think this is a key part, everyone, decide how it's, um, how you've used it to your advantage. Because I think a lot of people, as sad as it is, uh, for you know, let's just say they um, they had a, a, they don't trust men, right? Which usually that's deep rooted in something in childhood. But if they don't trust men and they attract a lot of cheaters, then they have bad behavior as they're in a relationship with these cheaters. They have this really bad behavior where they'll start um, questioning and doubting and hounding a guy and not trusting when the guy hasn't given maybe any reason at all right. yet. Yes. Because he probably will since, uh, since You're being accused that's of what it. She, yeah. well, that's what she attracts. Um, but but point being, you're forgiven, Jamie, for being late, but um, better late than never. We're glad you're here. <laughs> that's, um, yeah. but, but having said that, you know, so she's, 
she has these um, these attitudes and these actions that she's been doing that are going to push a man away. Mm-hmm. And it then she's validated that the man's going to go away and he couldn't be trusted and he wasn't all that he was. So she, her belief that all men are whatever is validated. And but it's actually starting with her, right? Yeah. It's actually starting here yeah. and here. Yeah. yeah, she's the one that pushed him away, and then she, then her story is going to be validated when it's not true, mm-hmm. when it's not true at all. Because if we had actually extended trust, first of all, gotten healthy, attracted the right person, and then extended trust and held that even in times of insecurity, held on to the fact that this is not who. I had before. This is not what happened to me before. This is not my previous experience. This is a whole new chapter in my life. And in, until you give that new person the benefit of a doubt and start walking in that, you'll never know. And those are the tools you were talking about that you can give people and other therapists can give people Yes. on how to say, stop that thought right now. You know, right. And I need to remember what my healthy thought is. Yes. Where are you moving? And yep. I think that is uh, that is that that's the place where we need to focus when we're when we're trying to move forward. Is number one, we have to know when we're trying to let go of things, we have to know where we're going. So we need a new roadmap. So and you first need to identify what you want to let go of. What is it serving you in your life? Mm-hmm. What is it making you happy? Who is it making you happy? What behaviors? Um, are you exhibiting or are you allowing in your life? What people are you allowing in your life mm-hmm. that are toxic to you? What do you need to let go of? And if you haven't done that yet for the new year, it's time to do it. Exactly. You got to put your list together. What do you need to let go of? What are the things, actions, behaviors, thoughts that you need to let go of? And some of those might be your own limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I had a client ask me today, she goes, how do you look at other people and trust them? She goes, I think everyone's a narcissist. So what do I do? And I talked to her about just that neutral attitude. When you meet someone, there are two things that reveal character. It's time and a crisis. And if you let either one of those happen or both of them pass, the time pass and perhaps a crisis comes in your life or his life, then you can see what the character of that person is. You don't have to judge right away. And I also told her, and let me know what you think, listen to your body. Yeah. Because I can tell I'm, if I'm uncomfortable around someone, I'm nervous or walking on eggshells, then mm-hmm. I need to get out of there. You know, um, I, we also need to be able to differentiate between our, our stuff, mm-hmm. our toxic thoughts and our insecurities yes. and, what's, and what would be our intuition. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people don't know the difference. Mm-hmm. And I think that's... I agree with you. If you're healthy and strong and you've done the work and you are very um, in tune with things and your intuition is strong, you need to know when it's your intuition or when it's your insecurities talking. Right. And that's that's the harder part, I think, mm-hmm. for some people because they'll call their insecurities intuition mm-hmm. or they'll call their intuition insecurity, you know, whatever. I've seen that the opposite happen. So it's super important that... We listen, watch people, and I think we can tell somebody's character in so many ways. Yes, I mean, you listen to. to I mean, it's it's. I have the I have the best job and the worst job. So what I do for a living is listen to people. 
I am the best listener in the whole wide world. It works to everyone's disadvantage because it will, for if you're a client of mine, it's an advantage because I will hear every inconsistency. <laughs> right. Yeah. I will hear every, um, I will hear every, uh, and I'm saying this because you guys can do this too. If you listen really closely, hear every infliction mm-hmm. if somebody in somebody's voice and people tell stories. Mm-hmm. And if you listen really closely, you'll see inconsistencies in their stories. They'll tell, I've had people tell me stories about something that happened that day. And maybe they told me the one story earlier and they'll tell me again. And they're two different stories. And they don't realize they just lie. They just lie. I just saw their character. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything else. What other right. red flags do you need? You know exactly who they are. Exactly. You know? So if you listen without judgment and without a preconceived anything, so you'll know who somebody is if you've got trust issues. Exactly. Really. Exactly. Um, didn't mean to go so far into that, but um, but we were talking about um, you know moving forward. You you have to know you have to know what your what your triggers are, what your patterns are, and all of that, and what you want to let go of. So you have to know what you want to let go of. And then you've got to be able to say, what do I want? What do I want to create? If you have no mm-hmm. roadmap for what you want in the future, mm-hmm. um, if that's a healthy relationship, if that's a certain thing in your life, if that's a change in your career, if that's a change in your lifestyle, whatever that is, you've got to know that mm-hmm. because that's where you're headed, right? It's almost like you got to throw the ball out there. You got to know where you're going, right? Because that time's going to get here anyway, right? Three years will be here anyway. Yeah. So you can plan and make it great, or you can sit back and let things happen to you. Yes. And what happens, um, I was doing this with Laura the other day, is so many people carry their stuff in. So they're like, oh, I'm going to set goals. I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And they set their goals out there. Um, I'm going to attract a healthy relationship. I'm going to fall in love. I'm going to get married. I'm going to attract the right guy or girl. And yet they've got all of their insecurities and all of their doubts and all of their dysfunction and all of their patterns. They've got all of that that they're carrying with them. And it's here. And if, you know, like when I'm out of this, out of my peripheral vision, it's right there, right? I'm moving here, but my stuff is still here. I can still see it, right? And we would do the work and we do the work and we do the work and we try to push it behind us, right? It's not till it's here, until it's gone, where I can't see it anymore, until it's it's behind me, and 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 it's we're, dead and buried. Yeah, yep. we've 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 made the choice to to let it go, that we can actually move forward. That we've created this entire space now to move forward instead of hanging on to what bringing in the same dysfunction, mm-hmm. the same junk, the same limiting thoughts and beliefs that we do every single time. We have to put it behind us. What does that mean? Decide what you want to let go of and put it behind you. Some of this, people, is is mental. I mean, some of this can be done. I mean, people are thinking, well, how do you put it behind you? It's this thought and that thought. The brain is a very powerful thing, and you have to utilize your brain in the best way you can. And neuroscience plays a big role in all of this. Neurosemantics is something I studied. And that is kinesthetically, how do you how do you envision or visualize you putting this stuff behind you, right? I mean, it could be physical acts. I know mm-hmm. one year I took a group of people up to Sedona and everybody put all the things in, uh, they wrote down all the things they wanted to let go of. We wrote it on this thing, something called flash paper. 
Mm -hmm. So we wrote it on flash paper and everybody had this little pot with their flash paper of all the things they want to let go of. And then um, we, at midnight on New Year's Eve, we, we lit it on fire and the flash paper lights on fire and then goes out. And so we, they just kind of blew it up, right? Um, Very you can, cool. You can bury it. You could take it. You can bury it. You can throw it in the trash can. I mean, there's a million things you can do with your stuff. So kinesthetically, sometimes we we are such visual people, and right. yet we're tangible. We have to touch things, right? So so that's why I always recommend do it. Do whatever. I've it got is. one that's easy that what? I have some of my clients do. Uh -huh. um, two, one they burn. We uh -huh. write a letter to the person who has hurt you, mm -hmm. and we. Um, we, we pray about it because one of these is faith-based and then we burn it and we let it go. And it is, it's a big relief, but another one, it's really cool. They'll hate you at the balloon store, but you go as get as many balloons as things you need to let go. Mm -hmm. And then you have each balloon symbolize something in your life. Like if you need to let go of a toxic parent or a toxic relationship, a toxic business partner right. that I've been through recently, that's what you do. And then you can let it go. And your brain registers that you've let it go up to the heavens or wherever it may be. Right. Right. No, I love that. I love that. I'm a big, um, big fan of that. So I love the balloons. That's mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, That's it is. Fun. Um, so I also, you know, from the standpoint of moving forward, so in the creation phase, and I haven't talked about this in a while, but the prayer box, uh, I went looking for prayer boxes for people this year and couldn't find them for Christmas. But um, Those are really but, cool. Yeah. I don't do one, but I, I should. Yeah. So the prayer box is basically uh, any kind of box you can get. Look, good Lord, my hair today. It's fine. <laughs> um, so the prayer box um, is basically just, just a little box you can open. It could be a little jewelry box, whatever. Um, and you take it and you put all of your stuff in it. I know there's one over there, but it's so mm -hmm. big. I don't want to grab it. But you basically take, you write down all the things, all of your dreams, your goals, your wishes, uh -huh. and you put in it on paper, on physical paper, and you put them in the box. So then you, you, and, and if you can make it a small, smaller trinket box, that's great because then you can, I always like to put it on my, uh, on my fireplace. So it's kind of like the altar. And so for me, it's, it's significant because you put the, you put all of your dreams, hopes, and wishes, all of your prayers into the box. You put it up on the, on the altar, or you put it in whatever place you want to put it. And then that you signify giving those to God. So as a Christian um, for me, it's once you have said a prayer, once you have asked God for what you want, mm -hmm. you don't have to ask him again. He, every prayer is heard and every prayer is answered already. So if we can remember that, we put the prayer box away. Mm -hmm. The next time we go to think about whatever it is that hasn't shown up, right. that we don't have yet, that we want, that we desire, it's in the box. And we, I always say, don't, don't worry about it. Right. Don't think about it. Don't talk it's out about of your it. Control don't control anyway. about it. Yep. Because yep. you gave it to God. And who's going to go back to that box and pull it out? Right. Who's going to go take it away from God and go, hey, remember this that I gave you? Remember when I told you <laughs> I wanted this? He's not going to give yeah. it to you anyway. Yeah, don't, don't take anything back from God. That would not he's be a not, good thing. <laughs> no, he's not going to give it back. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm sure he would. I mean, if you want to control it and you want your will, I'm sure he would. But he's way more powerful than us. So why not just leave it in the box? Right. Why not leave it with him? And so the prayer box signifies, it's just, it just gives you that little uh, reminder that 
God's got this. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. I already prayed about it. I already gave it to him. It's on its way. I just need to be patient. And so I think that, you know, as we're, as we're moving in these places of what do we need to leave behind and what do we want moving forward, there are physical tools that we can use to create those spaces for that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I've heard of the prayer box by, with uh, putting, you know, negative emotions and negative incidents that have happened in your life. But I love the idea of the positivity Yeah. and the altar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, that's a, that's interesting because I, I never heard of putting the stuff that you didn't fix in there because now it's just dangling. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like you got you, you know, like a prayer. Say a woman wants to have children and mm -hmm. she's not able that she. Oh yeah, she's giving that. So that's yeah, a prayer. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah. That's um, so, so the other thing that I think we all need to think about when it comes to dating and relationships, because there's the life stuff and the limiting belief stuff, mm -hmm. and then there is relationship stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to leave your expectations, your expectations for what you want. It's okay to have standards, but you need to leave your expectations behind. This is where you ladies, especially, mm -hmm. I do this for a living as a matchmaker. I do this for a living. Ladies, you have the hardest time with leaving your expectations at the door. Women that are open, men that are open, men, this goes for you too, because I know some of you too, that are so stuck on what you think you want, what you think is your type, what you mm -hmm. think you need, you know, what you think you deserve. Um you're so stuck on that, that it's stopping you from finding what you might actually need. Because if what you thought you needed was actually what you needed, then you wouldn't still be single. Right? Right. So these, this is super important stuff when it comes relationally. You all shoot yourself in the foot sometimes. You know, you really do. <laughs> Um, you know, making decisions about, you, you know, call it like you see it, making <laughs> judgments about people. I mean, I just things like, yes, uh, let me just talk you like, I, I see people go look at other people's social media pages, make judgments about their yes. social media pages yes. and refuse to go out with them. They look at their job and, and say, well, they have this job. They must make this much money. They must be this kind of simple person. This is the absolute craziest stuff I've ever heard because you never, ever know where God's going to bring your person to you. Right. And if you're not open to, I mean, now granted, if you're online dating, if you're, on, I mean, I'm, I'm a matchmaker, so it's different right. because I'm connecting people already on core stuff. If you're on online dating, it's a it's a hodgepodge of crap out there. So you could be getting a hodgepodge of crap also. So yes, over and over have again. To be more right, right. More discerning on online dating, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure it's a mess. Um, and I know, uh, I know, I have Jasmine here. Uh, Jasmine, we've talked about the online dating thing. Some of you that are on here, we've talked about what a absolute mess it is. Um, but but you. You have to be more discerning if you're doing something like that. But at the same time, if what was what you were doing mm -hmm. was working, you'd already have found your person. So you've got to be open. You've got to be open. 
you know, um, you, Laura has such a spirit, Laura single, you know, and you have such an amazing spirit and openness with people and this non-judgmental spirit. And that's everyone oh, that's so important. I cannot tell you how important that is because judgment squashes things. You may, if you're judging somebody, they feel your energy. I don't care if it's a friend, a partner, a new date. If you're sitting across from somebody mm -hmm. for, for the first time on a first right. date and you don't like what they're wearing or what they're saying or their story or something about what they said, they know. Yeah. They feel it already. Um, we've got to be able Your energy to changes. leave, mm -hmm. right? I'm sorry, leave our expectations and our judgments right. behind when we're meeting new people because... I can tell you everyone's got great things about them. Mm -hmm. I'm you I'm trained to find them because my eye wants to see the good in people and I'm always going to keep that regardless of what this world looks like at mm -hmm. times. I always want to keep that um the eye for what what God sees when he sees somebody and we should be looking for the same thing instead of judging. And it's such an important it's so important. And ladies, again, I think I love you all so much. And I'm a woman, so I get it. Um, you can overcome that. You can. You can have a list, but, you know, sometimes we need to lose parts of the list. I'll give you an example. Yes. You, you, do you remember me telling you about, um, her name's Rebecca Lynn Pope. She's, she just got a show on Oprah, by the way. Super cool. cool. Wonderful life coach, spiritual uh -huh. coach. Um, she said, I'm never marrying a pastor. She's been married twice before, both uh -huh. abusive relationships, but I'm never marrying a pastor. My dad was a pastor. She has found the love of her life, and guess what? He's a pastor oh. because she opened herself up to that. And she says if anything ever happens to Carrie Pope, her husband, she will never marry again because he is her soulmate, her one and only. That's awesome. And she says just because I crossed that off my list and wow. said no more. Wow. Yeah. I just love her stories. But, yeah. 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 Well, you know what? That's a great story. I mean, when you think about, um, when you think about the, I will never, right. you know, and, and the whole judgment about, you know, what you won't do anymore. Exactly. Um, now I do think it's important, <laughs> um, to bring discernment, bring that discernment, never as you're leaving behind what you don't want to make sure you leave the wisdom and discernment. Exactly. You know, it's uh, it's funny. I did a I, my post today was, do you ever, do you ever want, would you ever want to meet somebody for a second time around? And, you know, Absolutely. Maybe, like ever have that opportunity mm -hmm. to meet somebody a second time and make a different decision. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's funny because you, I'm a firm believer and there are no mistakes, but with discernment and wisdom, we can make better decisions. So it'd be so great if we could go back to our past with the discernment and wisdom that we have and then make a different decision in our life. Yes, you know? exactly. But since we can't. But we can't. <laughs> since it's reality and we can't. Life um, is well, what lived yeah. forward but understood backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can take that. Mm -hmm. So now we have that information. Like if, you know, you were with somebody that was abusive physically, mentally, emotionally, narcissistically, which fits all of the above. Yes, um, all of it. Uh, if you were with somebody like that, you have to use your discernment. So mm -hmm. there's an element of leaving behind your judgment, mm -hmm. right? But there is, you have to always bring your discernment with you. And it's so different than judgment, right? Right. It's listening to your intuition and making sure it's your intuition. It's feeling your body. It's using the wisdom that you've learned. Right. Mm -hmm. And paying attention to 
when you know, when you, I mean, if anybody's been vict, a victim of any type of abuse mm -hmm. or, um, and I say, even if it's, um, even if it's infidelity, right. you know, in a marriage, you kind of know the signs to look for, right? So you keep those in a file, you keep them in a file and you're watchful. You're, you're aware, I should say. You're aware, but you're not looking for it. Because if you continue to look, have you'll, you heard that? You'll find it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we can create whatever it is that yes. we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. we, can definitely, uh, we can definitely do that. Uh, we are masters at, you know, at, at moving our mind to where we, even if we're focused on what we don't want, if we're focused on what we don't want, our energy is still focused in that to create it. So, you know, I always use the example, uh, I don't know if I did that with you, but um, if when kids, you know, when they're walking through, let's say they, they go to the kitchen, they get a big glass of milk. Right. And they're walking through the living room with this big glass of full milk. And this is super important, everyone, when, it when we were talking about your mind and what you're putting in your mind to move forward and to make strides versus keeping yourself limited, your limited thoughts. So child's walking through the living room with a big glass of milk and there's like no room. And you're sitting there thinking, he's going to spill it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's going to spill it. Yeah. So what do you say? You it's say, what, kids do. what do you say? Be careful. That's what you say. Correct. <laughs> don't, you don't trip. You don't say, don't trip. See that you, you don't say don't trip. You don't say don't spill it because what you're saying if you say, hey, don't spill that, all of a sudden, maybe he wasn't thinking about spilling it. He was he was focused on walking with it. Now he's focused on not spilling it, which is still spilling it. Exactly. It's still the energies in spilling it. And so it's what your mind reads. It, I know it doesn't seem like much, but we feed our mind and our subconscious mind, and that's how the brain works. So we just fed our brain spilling it versus... Mm -hmm. Hold that still, be careful with it, you know, and that's, then what are we focused on? Holding it still, being careful, holding it still, being careful. careful. Um, so it, it's, um, it, it's a different, it's a different mindset and it's the same way with our life and our thoughts and where we move forward is, and you hear people say, well, um, let's try not, you know, let's, let's, um, let's, well, God, what is the, how do people say it? Cause I always reframe them. Um, they'll say, uh, they, they'll try not to do it. Let's try not to do, why don't you try to do it? Why don't you just do it? Yes. You know, yes. I mean, so many people focus on what they don't want and they don't want to do. Let's try not to do that this time. Well, what are you going, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? What Let's you, exactly. try to do the positive thing. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, your, your mind moves where you, where your thoughts direct it. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to limiting beliefs, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not skinny enough. All that stuff, you know, all that stuff, um, guys, you're not wealthy enough. I mean, I know that that comes into play um, in your world as well. You know, people fall in love every day mm -hmm. that from all different, I mean, you guys look around. If you're on social media, look around. Everybody that you see falling in love and getting married isn't perfect, right? Right. They're not right. all beautiful, perfect people. There's no perfect people, but you know what I'm saying? So 
it doesn't matter. All the little imperfections that you see and you're focused on don't mm -hmm. matter. Mm -hmm. Your limiting beliefs only keep you from getting what you want. They're limiting you from what you want. So it's a matter of redirecting your, you have to redirect your mind and thoughts. You know, yes, you may not be Miss America. <laughs> Thank I, goodness. I know. I actually <laughs> watched that. This, I, I actually, I never watched TV and somehow I caught um, the episode uh, of, of, what was his name? Um, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Yes. I saw him yeah. and he was hosting it yeah, this past I, yeah, year. Yeah, I kept kept it moving. And um and I'm I'm watching these girls and I have to be honest, sorry, there was a few pretty ones, but for the most part I was not impressed. Mm -hmm. I was not impressed. So it, it 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 doesn't matter what everybody's definition of beauty is different. It's different. It's different. Totally right. different. And so or handsome guys. It's it, totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, that's another thing, you know, the limiting belief <laughs> I, I, I know I looks that. wise. <laughs> You know, you guys have this preconceived idea about what you think you want looks-wise. You might be surprised if you met somebody. I can't tell you the amount of pictures I've seen versus people I've met. And when I meet them in person, they may take a thousand horrible pictures. You meet them in person and they're amazing. Right. Right? That, that in-person person is different. So you've got to give yourself a chance. And if I told you how many times I've set people up on dates, and even after a first date, they're like, eh not typically my type. Now they're married. You know, right. now they're married because it grew and that person's heart and energy and love and all their connection grew on them and they became more attractive. And then the chemistry was present. So it's super important that we keep our mind focused on what we want, mm -hmm. right? And and are are staying in a in a positive space about it because you're you're you you will create, you will bring about, you know, negative things if you think negative things. And if you keep your stuff in your space, if you don't move it out of your space, which is what today's about, if you don't make the decision and know and are aware of what you want to move, move. You're not going to move it. It's not going anywhere. You can't move forward inside all the stuff that you want with the same crap you're carrying around. Different bag, right? Right. And what I do with some of my clients, Jen, is we talk about the crap, and then we, we write down the flip side, what they want. Like, if you have that feeling, I'm not enough, I'm not enough, every day I want you to tell yourself, you are enough. Right. I'm not worthy. You are worthy. I'm not smart. You are smart. Whatever those limiting beliefs are. I'm a terrible mom, whatever it is. You know, you have to back that up though, because yes, the brain, right. um, the subconscious mind will grab the positive thought, right? but energetically you have to be in line with it. And so um, there are a few key things like worthiness and safety, people that, that never felt safe growing up, mm -hmm. maybe they were abused or sexually abused, right. those are two big ones. Um, the I am safe conversation is huge. You can't just say I'm safe and not and if you're all not of a sudden safe. believe it. Yeah, True. because you in your physiology, you're still not feeling safe. So, from a physiology standpoint, you have to be able to move your nervous system and your physiology to a point where and and it's priming it and prepping it with neurological tools to be able to actually feel safe without doing anything really different, mm -hmm. you, ha the, you have to prep yourself. But you can change the nervous system and what it's triggering.
um, and how it how it's triggering and what it's triggering, and it's not that hard to do. Um, I know some of you that have gone through Anthony Robbins courses. I know Jasmine's watching from California. Jasmine just went through uh, Anthony Robbins, and um, and he does some things with neurosemantics um, that that um, move. You mm-hmm. change your physiology, you change your nervous system. I mean, it goes down down to as far as, you know, when when people, when you're trying to uh, be awake, there's been times I've been on the phone where I'm about to fall asleep. If I change my physiology and I sit up straight, I'm like, okay, I'm slouching. I want to fall asleep. I could fall yes. asleep. But if I change my physiology <laughs> and I sit up straight and I put a smile on my face, right. it changes my physiology. It actually sends signals to my body to change and shift mm-hmm. certain things. As, Putting, adding a smile to your face actually changes your mood and your physiology and your cells and everything to match that. So there's all kinds of tools you can use too, um, like those things to put yourself in a different state to bring about the change. You can't just say or declare something to be different and it's different because it's not, but where you can, like what you were talking about, um, where you say, um, uh, I, I, I don't want an abusive relationship. I want a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. You, how do you create that healthy relationship? Well, you can't just say, I want a healthy relationship. And then it you've happens. Got, yeah, yeah. You've got to define it. So you can actually take everything. Like a lot of people are focused on the negative. So if they do that list of all the things they don't want. That's what I was saying. We don't yeah. write it down. We just think about that limiting thought. And it's, then we. It's, yeah. It's really. Yeah. Put down that's the, fine. Yeah, yeah. The affirmation. Yeah. yeah. And then you just change it out. Mm-hmm. So the limiting belief is, you know, um, I can't find a, a healthy partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never fall in love again. Yeah. Um, you know, and then changing that thought to I am just waiting to meet my soulmate or the love of my life is on his way or her way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, maybe backing that up with things to, to support that, you know, um, I'm getting healthier. My space is more open. Um, I've done the work. I'm ready for this person. Um, I've started dating healthier guys or girls mm-hmm. and my choices have gotten better. So now you're starting to validate your thought. So that builds, um, that builds confidence in the actual ability for that to come true and make a change. Um, so, uh, uh, people don't give themselves enough credit in things and in, in saying that they have got to, you put a thought out there, you put out something that you want or you need or you desire, you you got to back it up. You've got you've got to sometimes give yourself evidence that it's it's there on the way. Yeah, that's great yeah. evidence. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of got on a, a rant there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am so surprised that never happens. I know it never happens. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see. Um, I think letting go of victim mentality and blame is a big thing. So we talked about that too. You were you were talking about that because you have dealt with a lot of victims. A lot with of narcissistic victims. abuse. Like yeah. my friend who's the fourth grade teacher calls them Vicky the victims when the little kids are in her class and they're always hurt on the playground or whining or tattletales. She's like, let's not be Vicky the victim. God, I know so many adults that are Vicky the, Vicky the victim, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And... Um, Anyway, the, the, and you vic- can get out of that cycle. You can, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people hang on to it because there's a comfort zone in it. Mm-hmm. They, so when, when 
they make a mistake or when instead of owning up to the mistake or when they do something that's out of character instead of owning up to it they want it, they they can use that victim mentality to say well i was abused or i had a partner that was unfaithful or i was sexually abused when i was younger um or um i you know was an alcoholic or mm-hmm. you know what i don't know just Whatever, whatever the whatever the um, whatever the victim mentality is, you use it because now it gives you an excuse. Now it gives you someone to blame besides yourself. Good point. Because all victims, it's all about it's all about not taking accountability. When you're a victim, you're not taking accountability for what is in front of you or what you've created or what you've brought about. There are no victims. Now, I won't say that. I, almost, I, I thought about that earlier. There really are victims. There are people that are victims of crimes and things like that. And social are, assault. Yes. 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 Those, yes. Are, those are true, true victims. Um, you know, sadly, people that are sexually assaulted a lot of times blame themselves. I know. So I know. they actually were victims mm-hmm. and blame themselves. You know, we were, uh, we were chatting. I feel like this is... Um, this is an important, I want to make sure before we go, that we talk about that thing that we discussed, if you don't mind, I should have asked you ahead of time, um, where we talk about the fact that sometimes people are just projecting their stuff onto you too, and I want to get there. Right, Or sometimes right. it's not yours. So let's talk about boundaries next. Right. Just keep me on point because okay. I want to finish this thought. Right. But you you have to, changing your story and your pattern is really important because you're using it. So you always have to look. If you've got a story and it's, you know, I come from physical abuse. I come from, you know, um, uh, mental instability in my home. I come from a family where I was deprived love. I come from, you know, my father abandoned me or my mother abandoned me. My mom didn't love me. My dad didn't love me. All of these stories that you have, you're you're using that. If you fall back on that as an adult, that's what happened to you. It's not who you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're falling back on it, you're using it as a story. It's not reality and it's holding you back. So some people need to hear that again. I'm not going to say it again because I don't know how to say it again. <laughs> when I say something once, that's it. It's gone. But, and but I, I think if I can... Sure. Say this, that you are not shaming people for that. It's just, you have to figure that out and you have to get help from people like you and other therapists and work through it. And then you can leave it behind because sometimes (laughs) people that hang on to it haven't even worked through it, Jen. You know, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. I love that you said, I'm not shaming them for that Mm -hmm. because I'm not and let's see, I'm super sensitive to shame. Yeah. And I know you're not. Yeah. I know you're not. Yeah. But that would be, that didn't even enter my space because all I'm doing is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm not shaming people. If, if you feel shamed, which is, by the way, the lowest energy on the energetic scale, um, guilt and shame are the very lowest energies you could ever feel. If you feel guilt or shame, um, it, it is 100. Any guilt or shame in your life is 100% preventing you from moving anywhere forward in your and life. And I said that out of the space and the memory that I remember. Yeah. I was so broken down that I didn't know where to go. 
Like I didn't have you. I didn't have anyone yeah. yet. And I had to go find a you therapist. Your own tools. You, yeah. yeah. And once I had a therapist and then Rebecca, yeah. it was like, all right, this is good. But I didn't even know where to turn. Yeah. So that's when you've been a victim of abuse, you've been told you're less than. You've been told you're, it's your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your doing. You brought it about. And so there's a you lot of shame. You can't do anything right. Right. I can't trust you to do anything. All those limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. All those limiting beliefs. Yes. So, um, so, sh but shame is not something that will ever enter into this space because I don't, um, I don't necessarily think shame serves any purpose. No, at all. it just hurts people. <laughs> any purpose. It just hurts people. Yeah, lowest form of energy. Jamie says, and Victor the victim. <laughs> tell <laughs> Sorry, your teacher Jamie. That. No, that's good. I like it. <laughs> Victor. Um, so, you know, the other thing that, uh, that Laura and I had talked about, we were talking about boundaries, and this is one of my very favorite exercises because in order to move on and away from things and people that aren't good for you, we have to know boundaries. And I, like you had talked about codependency earlier, I think everybody's got a little bit of codependency in them, but in order to, to, in order to move forward, we have got to be able to put a boundary around us and decide. We make the decision. We are right. adults. What are we going to accept? What are we going to allow in? What are we going to keep out? And that's really important. So I always teach everybody, like if you're, if, and I'm putting my hands up, I hope you're going to see that. If, if this is, if, you, if I did this around me, like I, mm -hmm. I put my hands around me in front and I drew a big circle around me. So my hands went all the way around me. This circle would be my boundary. Mm -hmm. At what's inside of it, if I look inside there, it's just me. I'm the only thing inside of here. What's outside of the circle? Everything else. Everybody else and everything else. I decide what comes in and I decide what I put out into it. Um, sometimes I don't decide what I put out very well, but... <laughs> oh, no. Yes, you do. I do yes, not have do. much of a filter these days. But, um, but having said that... Um, we decide what we put out and what we let in, but the let in part is super important for everyone listening because we have to, I mean, you need to be responsible for what you put out. Right. And remember this, for me, I use this sometimes with talking about control. We can only control this. Yeah. We can't control what's right. going on out there and how yes. other people treat us. We can just yes. say, well, you're not getting any further. Yes, absolutely. So mine, mm -hmm. mine, yours. Yours. And everybody else's, right? So my stuff, your crap. Exactly. <laughs> you decide who you let in. Mm -hmm. You decide who you keep out. Mm -hmm. You, if somebody says something to you, if they say you suck, you're ugly, you know, you're fat. First of all, are we in eighth grade? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just using I a, a, a obvious insult, you know. But I've the heard very that first from adults. Reaction yeah. to somebody attacking you like that should be. Not to accept that. Yes. I'm not letting that in. No. That's not about me. That's about them. What in the who in what in the world would ever um would ever allow somebody to hurl an insult at somebody like that and hurt them intentionally? That's about the kind of person they are. It has nothing to do with me. Right. 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 It may be stated in their opinion. They may actually think that, or they may just be saying it to hurt you. Either way, we make decisions of whether we're going to keep it out or let it in, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
And so, you know, letting it in then requires a lot of backup work as to what you're going to do with it. Why hold it, right? So set proper boundaries with yourself and with your life. What energies are you going to allow in this new year? What things are you going to allow in? What people, what experiences, and what are you not? Because the minute you see them, feel them, walk into them, you're out. Mm-hmm. You're done. This is not something I do, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, like um, last year, I said no more toxic people, even friends. Yeah. And that's what I did. And my life got so much better. You know, and you can let them go with love. Yeah. You oh, can, absolutely. You can just kind of be busy a yeah. lot every day. I, uh, I was, uh, I'm, a very outgoing person, but I was very social a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't, I'm not a big social person. Like I, I'm, I'm so, I have to talk to people all day and there's it so much a lot of energy doesn't it? all day. When my day's over, I don't want to talk to y'all. I mean, and I'm that person. I am. I'm that person that my boundary is I will turn my phone ringer off. I won't turn my phone off, but I'll turn my ringer off and I won't look at it. I'll go plug it in and walk away. Right. Um, I may get a text or a phone call from a, like somebody, maybe it's in a client, you know, in the evening, I'm out. They're not getting, a, they're not getting a response back because, and I, it's not because I don't like them or because I'm mad at them or, you know, whatever. It's because this is my time and mm-hmm. I need it. And this is mine. And, and just because you need something or something's important to you, it's not, that's not going, I'm going to make a decision whether it's an emergency and it's important or whether Mm -hmm, it's not. mm -hmm. And so you have to make those decisions daily. It's like, you could have a list of energy and people and all that stuff, but on a daily basis, you've got to be aware enough to what's coming in as to know what you need to, this one, what I'm going to feel, this one I'm going to allow in, this is who I'm going to be, this is what I want to do. Um, even saying no to things, mm-hmm. you know? It's like those friends that always have emergencies. You've got to make the decision, you know, their emergency is not necessarily mine. Yes. To protect your energy. I have to do that. Yes. Or cutting people like that completely out. Mm-hmm. I hate to say that, but if, you know, people like that, that are constantly taking from you, you know, that constantly need, and there's mm-hmm. constantly a crisis, um, cutting people with all that drama out of your life Guys, it's freeing. I'm just telling you that is the most freeing thing. The minute you see it, get out. Um, you know, you Would know, you even do that. So I'm going to ask like a client therapy therapist question. So would you even do that if you are all they have? I am all this former client has. I would refer them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I would. Mm-hmm. Because you're not doing them any good if you're in resentment of what mm-hmm. they're doing for you. Yes. So if your energy... It's exhausting. It's, yeah. If your energy is showing up and you don't really want to do it, you don't really mm-hmm. want to be there, um, it, they're, they're basically coming in and vomiting in your space, not asking you permission mm-hmm. per se, probably. Um, but... But if it's not what you want, refer them out to yes. somebody else. Yeah, she has no money. So that's not, the bleeding heart in me, but still not okay. I know. I thought you would say that. <laughs> I knew you would say that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, even uh, I will even say, and I know how we do in time, even with friends, like sometimes when I go out to dinner with friends, you know, I, you have those people that always bring up their problems and their stuff. I'm off. Yeah. I'm off the clock. I'm off. 
I love you, but I'm off. And so um, I, I, I know a lot of times people will say, well, Jen, you know, you're, you're, um, you're analyzing me, you know, you're listening. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm off. I'm yeah. not analyzing. I'm just <laughs> existing. But, um, but you have to, you have to energetically decide what you're going to allow in and what you're going to keep I out. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And so boundaries are really, really important. To and keep tough in mind. love on yourself. Hello, I just learned something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, yep. Again, I think that whole element of we always have to look as givers. Um, every one of you that are givers out there that give to a fault. Um, the, the sentence says it all, you know, when, when you're giving more than you have, when you're giving beyond what you can give, when you're giving from not a space of love and gratitude and servitude, which is where it usually comes from. And even to a place where you probably can't help this person, you mm-hmm. know, some of these people that are constant complainers like that and have constant and Isn't that part of codependency is when you are putting other people ahead of your own well-being? Yes. A hundred percent. thought so. Yep. So you're not taking care of yourself. If you can't mm-hmm. take care of yourself and set those boundaries, you can't take care of anybody else right, anyway. Right, exactly. So, yeah. And we're not serving them because we're keeping them in their story. You're not actually helping her. What you're doing is you're enabling her. Okay. So, yeah, or him or whatever it is. Okay. Um, so... Uh, so what if it's a what if it's a drama child, way drama, a boyfriend's drama child, <laughs> a drama oh child? <laughs> Girl, I'm out. Um, <laughs> you know, um, how much do you love him? That is, a, that's a great question, Cindy. You know, um, at a certain point, because that's a really, I mean, if it's a boyfriend or a husband, you know, um, blended families can be really tough. But if it is a child. From somebody else, I know people that have gotten through it. They've just mm-hmm. worked their way through it. But but everybody's got to be coachable and open in the situation. So you can choose not to accept it. Um, you can walk away from it. You can say, you know what? If if this is how you, if this is what you want to deal with and you want to enable this, I'm going to let you. But it's not something and a conversation I'm willing to have. And so if it's your partner's drama child, let your partner deal with their drama child. And if they want your help, they're going to have to do it a new way. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Great advice. So, um, yeah, it's not healthy for sure. Um, okay. Cindy, I love you. I, I thank you guys. Um, uh, Jamie, thank you for listening. And, um, uh, all of you really, I love seeing the same faces. I love you guys coming back and joining us every week. Uh, or every other week. Um, I'll be back to normal again in uh, March. So February, we're going to go every other week. So next week, no podcast. Week after that, podcast. I'm kind of planning something for Valentine's Day. It's in the works. I'm trying. It's a short amount of time. We're almost there, but I'm trying to put something together for all you singles for Valentine's Day. Um, Even amidst all the junk going around, Mm. you know, um, I, I know we want to get back to living. So, um, so I'm going to try to put something together. So let me know, uh, send me a message or comment here. If you guys are interested in doing something for Valentine's day, uh, meeting new people, party, um, socializing, uh, face-to-face connections again. Um, so that's it. Okay. Love you all. Thank you for listening. Laura, thank you for joining me. Always what is glad the name to be here. New podcast again. Where can they find you? Out of the dark. I'm on YouTube. TikTok, believe it or not, much to my son's chagrin. Instagram. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Okay. 
uh, and I'll see you guys in two weeks. This is Jennifer. Thanks for listening today. And please subscribe to the podcast. Every single week, we'll have new information. And if you'd like to find out more information or if you have any questions, please go to my website at lovegen.com or you can find me on Facebook at my personal page, Jennifer Stiers.